0: Welcome, everybody, to the Low Key Podcast. I'm Tim Malloy. With me, as always, is Keith Denny and Aaron Lanton. And this week, we are talking about James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, not to be confused with Suicide Squad from 2016. The Suicide Squad is different and special. And I liked it. I liked it a lot more than Suicide Squad. I liked it a lot more than I like most movies. Um, full disclosure I recently interviewed James Gunn for the Movie Maker podcast. Uh, So my uh, opinion of the movie may be colored by that. I like this movie. What did you guys think? Keith, you want to
1: go first? My overall thoughts is that I did really, really enjoy this film. And it made me almost forget, almost forget how bad the previous Suicide Squad movie was. And I think it's, it's also incredible in a way how they were able to not only do a sequel, but in a sense a soft reboot. And... It's. it's I, I say just to sum that everything up. It's exactly what I w- would have wanted out of a Suicide Squad film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing I mentioned is that um, one thing that I guess I don't know how to put this into words, but it it is one of the most comic book feeling comic book films I think I've seen in a while. Yeah like, even just from, like, the structure and the aesthetic and the pacing of the story, like, yeah. it literally feels like I'm reading a Suicide Squad comic book series, Yeah, where it's just this one little mission going on, and, like, each part feels like, I guess, how, how many pages? I guess, like, a single issue is usually with, like, what, 24. 20 pages? 24 pages? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so each section feels like that that one comic book, and then we move on, because, you know, they have these cool little, like, I don't even know. You wouldn't even call them title cards. I guess. Like, well, like
2: transition cards. Yeah, those maybe. little
1: transitions and stuff. And they all feel like their own separate issue, which I thought was awesome. And I feel like has, I have not, not, when I think about it, I haven't seen that done that much in comic book films.
0: Yeah, Gunn knows the shit out of comic books. I mean, DC Comics, Marvel Comics. He of course mm-hmm. also directed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and he seems to really nerd out on the very specific, very niche comic book things, which I super appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Starro is the freaking villain of the thing. That's that's a pretty deep cut. Super so.
2: deep cut. One well, of the <laughs> first villain that the Justice League ever faced in the comics.
0: Really? Yeah. Did you like it? Aaron?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought it was really good. I was surprised, super surprised, um, yeah. because you know. We've seen examples, not just with Suicide Squad, but other properties, where sometimes it's not mainline and it takes a chance, and it doesn't always work. Now, James Gunn, of course, did Gardens of the Galaxy, which everybody's like, "Who the hell are those guys?" Right. And and now, you know, they, you know, have their own video games from uh, Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix, and you know, like it's just, <laughs> uh, it just took a whole another. Like, like, set of fame that it didn't have before, thanks to um, how he put it together. And and I do think it would be good too to also mention that, you know, because I've seen a lot of women bring this up. You know, the visual dynamic that we see on suicide, the Suicide Squad, while really well done, we also saw in Birds of Prey, kind of like as a precursor to this. It did a lot of the this similar sort of stuff where you know we have Harley Quinn sort of. Whimsical, imaginary, almost like Disney. It's like it's taking that, that whole thing of like, you know, it's Disney, it's Bird, just the singing princess, and they put it on Harley Quinn while she's murking people, you know, and yeah. just that, that different tone for the DCEU that they set the stage for that. So I think um, it's definitely worth bringing up that many of that female creative team for the Birds of Prey kind of set the stage. And I think that is a really great point that they brought up. But I, I really do love the different energy um and, and kind of like you know th- the building on you know what what came from that foundation that we see um in this movie with with Gunn and that uh, creative team and it, it's just really cool cuz i think this movie does a ton of things really well um and really kind of surprised me cuz i was watching this movie I've seen John Cena in a couple of movies and he's he's pretty decent actually overall but it's pretty I was like y'all yeah, like is he is he good is he good now did oh, they yeah. happen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. But but, but, but in John any way, because like I look at I look at The Rock, for example, and it's just like, damn, like I don't feel like he's had a chance to in, in a role like this in an ensemble cast to show his, his chops like that. Now, of course, he's in a DCEU with Black Adam, that's coming, but that's really surprised me with seeing I was really impressed with you know what he was able to do in this movie.
1: Yeah, I think John Cena has very interesting, like comedic timing and- certain Mm -hmm, ways mm -hmm, i agree and um and and it was like it's to me the suicide squad was also one of those movies that was funny and not funny at the same time like not funny Mm -hmm. in a way that i felt like gardens of the galaxy is funny Mm -hmm. but like a little bit of like funny and um (laughs) like i had a good time and there are certain moments between characters that that kind of make you giggle a little bit but you don't feel like it's supposed to make you laugh like um I don't know why I think, like, stoic characters are hilarious to me, especially, like, when they're around, like, outrageous shit. I thought like, about know, like, Viola like Davis? We with
2: Bloodsport.
1: No, nah, just Viola Davis. Like, Bloodsport, oh, yeah. too, but definitely with Amanda Waller, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. I don't know why I found her to be so hilarious, because she was mm-hmm. either, like, extremely stoic or extremely over-the-top. Well, she was, like,
2: I think the first moment that happened was when the, when the uh the team a let's say is failing right and she's like did anybody check to see if weasel could swim it's like <laughs> they, they, they got everything <laughs> so funny be- it's like you had this checklist of shit and you, yeah. you got all the logistics right you got the mission plan you got the okay at this time we do this we do this yada 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 all our killers are ready I wouldn't probably think to check the swim list either. I would just kind of assume that
1: worked. Yeah. But you, you know, saw how she was side eyeing, dude. Though that was so hilarious to me. For some reason, she was like, I- "You didn't look." Because it's not her job to do that. I mean, she she high on the food chain, that She got her delegates to do that. But, and, but yeah, you, but yeah, that's one of the things. I'm sorry. What were you saying?
0: Crazy continuity thing. After watching the Suicide Squad, I watch all movies on the Peloton now. Um, that's just how i watch movies and if a if i enjoy the movie on a peloton i know it's a really good movie right Uh, i don't like it it makes the whole ride more painful and awful um so this movie totally passed the peloton test like i made (laughs) things go much faster much better that's pretty Um, cool um but for i had a few minutes left after the movie was over and so i went back and watched a little bit of the original suicide squad Mm -hmm. and harley quinn says at one point that she can't swim so, Harley Quinn, I guess, learned to swim between the two movies. So,
2: funny. So, right. assuming, and, and I don't... I, look, I've listened just... to a couple of YouTubers go over this. I can't remember if this is actually DCU or not. Like, there seems to be some some debate on, like, where this fits in the timeline, because it's not exactly laid out. That's a fool um,
0: there. And Trying to find continuity in the DC universe is just a, a complete joke to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. but But I, the thing is...
2: The movie doesn't shy away from the idea that it could be a continuation of some sort or like you said keep like a soft reboot because we see people from the first film
0: mm-hmm. playing
2: the roles from this movie.
1: Right.
2: Like Pete Davidson for example, that was funny.
1: Yeah, yeah you got his whole face
2: off. I mean, and, and I got to admit, man, I think um, a lot of people just want to see Pete Davidson die in
0: movies. So, oh. No. <laughs> No I, so. no, no, I thought I thought it was a good way to fake us out because you see Pete Davidson in the movie, you're like, he's definitely gonna be one of the main characters.
2: <laughs> like, he's oh, be- I mean, look, look what you might expect that to happen, but I'm saying, like you see him die, you're like, ah, yeah, I want how- this guy to go anyway. Cause he's always I playing they, jerks.
0: That's how they set it up. Like that's how it really sets up that you have no idea who's gonna live or die. Because you got Michael Rooker, who's like another of James Gunn's guys, who's in mm-hmm. every movie that James Gunn does. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, uh, and then to have him get killed off immediately. First, you're like, "Is this could be the protagonist of the whole thing?" That's interesting. Starts yeah, because you
2: start with him, right. yeah.
0: and then he's out of it within like five minutes, and then Pete Davidson is out of it real fast. And then you're like, "Jesus, is you just gonna die? Like, who's gonna die? Anybody can go." So, I thought
1: you know, that was- oh, well, you, you know, Harley ain't done. That's the only one you can say is safe. I felt, I felt when I watched it, I kind of knew that that whole little first team was gonna die outside of Harley. Mm-hmm. it just kind of, because one of the things I think, and I think, I know I had my complaints about it and other people had their complaints about it, was that for it to be a suicide squad, enough of them didn't die in the original movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like to kind of fit into that theme, you had to have people that would act as, what you call it, cannon fodder in a sense. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of felt like that when I saw the intro, because even when I was watching it with um, Randall, I said, man, I bet all these people going to die but Harley Quinn. And it, that's literally exactly what happened. And essentially, we find out that Weasel doesn't die. But, that was hilarious. <laughs> Weasel is still one of our favorite
2: characters because it's so. I I just honestly you I you know I know VFX have come a long way. I just kind of expected it to look like trash, and it didn't, which shocked me. And the yeah. mannerisms and like the way people react to Weasel In fact that Weasel Weasel's like probably a little more slick than people realize you know <laughs> you think he it? it? <laughs> yeah like I, I don't know what to make a weasel i'm you know if they make a sequel like it's just it's just funny like the opportunity to do more with that character if you wanted to i mean you could do the same kind of thing where we just kind of show up and just be up up in the club somewhere i don't know but it's just it, there's a lot of fun cool things that are done here and, and i really uh I didn't expect some of them like them knocking out Amanda Wall. I'm like, they would never do that shit. But but it happened. And then the the, so key, like to your point, like some of the things, the comedy are so weird because it it's almost like. It's like if you really get it, it's really funny. And if you you're not like catching it, it, it's kind of like what's happening that moment at the end with a whole squash in there. And Starling then has been defeated. And oh my, that was crazy. We got to talk about how Star was defeated. But then they all sit in the office, and Amanda Waller looks over to her left. Her team, like, Man, ain't got nothing to say. Mm-hmm. It's just there's no dialogue, but you can feel the tension. Yeah.
0: One you thing know. about the humor of this movie is like, there's the humor of somebody tells a joke and it's funny and you laugh, and then there's the humor of I can't believe the movie was audacious enough to do this like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe the movie is audacious enough to have this person die. I can't believe the movie is audacious enough to have to kill that sweet little bird at the very beginning. Like just the things that they do, the decisions that Gunn will make. I think that's funny because you're like, this is just breaking my expectations in a way that, you know, obviously creates the tension and then the laughter lets it go. And it's a very good laugh every time. It's never, it never really feels like a cheap laugh.
2: And the thing is that I love about it, too, is it feels like... Because sometimes you'll get a director who does some stuff and, you know, the script does whatever it's doing and you just, you kind of feel like the the cast, you know, isn't super into it in yeah. one way or another. Like, yeah. E- like, even like... Because I don't know if these are, like, things they're improving or, like, in some cases, like, they are actually written into the script. But, like, for example, when uh, you got uh, Cena and, and Elba, you know, they... Oh, my God. So funny. I'm sorry. I just remember when they went and they murked the whole uh camp yeah. of the revolutionaries.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. And,
2: and then he was like, you know, no one likes a show off. And he's like, but if this if it's cool, then like they're fine with it. And then he's like, fuck, you're right. Yeah. Man, oh <laughs> Honestly, stuff like that.
0: There's this like garish cartoonish energy to it that's so wild and out of whack. It's like in that scene where Storm Reid and Andrew Selva are arguing over the watch, the TV watch. And they're both just fucking going for it. They're both just like full-fledged screaming at each other. And yeah. you never see that in a movie. It's always like the movie's kind of slow. And then there's one guy who's like overdoing it on the lines. It's like too intense. And then the other actors are at the same level of intensity. Yeah. And this one is just like everybody just go a little bit more intense than is possibly normal to go. And I think this was the best. I thought this was the best interest album movie in years, honestly. I thought he was very, very. Yeah. He was cool. good. He was really good.
2: And it looked like he enjoyed it, which is cool.
0: Yeah. And like it. He was actually in sync with the movie. He wasn't like too cool for it. He wasn't too passionate for it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the movie just like doesn't know what to do with his energy. But but you know, another thing
1: that I liked about this that I didn't feel in the last one is that these people actually felt dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like these mm-hmm. people, I would not want to be with these people. And like, like and sometimes they like accidentally, well, not even accidentally, it's just like
2: a thing that might look harmless, like the polka dot man. Wrong situation, you
1: getting flayed. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, and, and it's and it's kind of like I, I also like the variety of villains. <laughs> like you yeah. got some of them that have like that certain level of like villainy to where it's almost evil, mm-hmm. and then some of them that's almost on the anti-hero level, like mm-hmm. maybe Harley Quinn.
0: Yeah, and
1: and I think I think it balances the team out because one thing too, there was this thing about I. I kind of like more of the idea of the Suicide Squad acting more so as villains that's looking after their own self-interest mm-hmm. than being like anti-heroes, you know? Yeah. Now, now the most heroic thing we get, of course, is towards the end when they decide to fight Starro, which mm-hmm. for a moment, I felt like in a sense could be seen as being out of character. But then I thought about it. That's really them just saying, fuck her, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean I it really it, it fits was.
2: both purposes.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: because the thing that, that they that they keep coming back to as characters in this film is it's not like they ever talk about like the code of criminals or something, but the thing that keeps coming up is like you can't kill kids. Yeah, they said that a lot. So, <laughs> like, you know, think about it, like when when Harley has her character moment, and I actually did really think from the perspective of like her growth. As a character, just like getting insights into who Harley is, her killing of the president was actually really interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but she was like, I'll yeah, right, just... go with it, whatever. But then she was just like, I always told myself if I saw red flags, I just kill him Like, oh, well, that's yeah. that's a very Harley, uh,
0: conclusion. But, but again, yeah, good, good choice here. Very good choice here. Right. Um, and, then, uh, her, her and then her scene is one of like cinematically the best things I've seen all year. Like, yeah. The blood yeah. being replaced oh, yeah. with flowers, the color of it all—that is just a beautiful sequence. Yeah.
2: Really yeah. I thought that was really amazing. And then the other contrast too with the killing of the kids is with Amanda Waller. That's when they, because you know, even her team says, "Hey, you know, yeah, you weren't gonna do what he said you were gonna do." Where she's like, "I mean, I, I, you don't know the half." And so, <laughs> you know, when it comes to the situation with Starro, and she just letting shit rock, they like. the thing is her team and the squad decide they not with it you know and so that is kind of like the turning point is the killing of children which you know i think is a fine reason to unite
1: (laughs) which comes to the point that amanda waller is actually the big bad the big villain the whole movie yeah she is because yeah because the thing really the american government and you know (laughs) who
2: she is working for yeah they're they're really the big bad in this film
1: I even understood why Starro was doing what he was doing like these people have literally tortured him for years.
2: Yeah, he he's actually
1: just you know acting out. He's a victim. Right, he Starro was v- is not the villain. Mm-mm. I mean, he had to be put down, but no, nah, he wasn't really the villain. No, no, I wonder because remember even that little line him, he was like, you know, I was fine
0: floating
2: just looking at the stars.
0: That one line makes him so much better. It's amazing. What? It's just incredibly good screenwriting to just give him one little thing.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. I, now, they I, gave I, him the most brutal death by far.
0: They <laughs> or did. But-
2: or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. They May I just say they? Is that an easier way to do that?
0: Well, just a brilliant thing I think this movie does is all of these superhero movies have like a big pixel fight at the end, right? Where it's going to be them versus this horrible creature. And I think the one that it kills the movie the most is Wonder Woman where she fights Ares. And Uh Ares is just this complete CGI monstrosity. And I totally checked out of the movie. I just do not care about Wonder Woman versus this computer generated image. But they're smart enough in this movie to go like, let's make the character like kind of comedic and kind of grotesque. So it isn't trying to just wow you with how awe-inspiring and terrible he is. It's also just very watchable it's just very compelling to see like how disgusting is this going to go and that goes right to what you said about his death his death is the most disgusting villain death and the worst death i can pretty much imagine <laughs> well what the thing it, it was weird i
2: was having a bunch of emotions at once the first one was is is this happening because like when she stabbed him in the eye i was like well i don't think that's enough and then i saw the rats coming in i was like hmm. oh yeah and then i was like well, that's pretty cool. And then I was like, and that's really sad. Damn, he getting messed up. Because at the end of the day, you know, like like we just talked about, uh, I forgot the guy's name. I think they call him like the Thinker or something, but I don't think that's like his actual name. But the guy who is conducting all those experiments, he's not just like, because, you know, once you get the star on your face, that's it. And they even demonstrate that, like with all those experiments, the star thing is kind of reaching out it's trying to grab the human face. But like when he grabs the flesh of your face, like you're done yeah and so the american government is not just conducting things with that space monster just about putting it on your head you know and one woman says she's been tortured for, for three decades like that but then they also had people who could stay alive with the star on their face after they had been disemboweled and all mm-hmm. kind of other shit and they mentioned political dissonance and journalists and all this other stuff and the movie isn't specifically focused on this but kind of like the callousness of, of the government to do things this way not just simply to torture people this way but then to to use so-called the people who are throwaway people like the suicide squad to go and cover up their mess use you know people who whose lives they don't value although i mean how much do they value the lives of the people who are not criminals and they have to go out and do these crazy things
0: there's kind of an Iran counter thing going on. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah, they definitely. Wow. Yeah. I guess directly. Yeah. It kind of is.
0: And the, that famously involves space aliens coming to Earth and uh, the Reagan administration <laughs> with Auburn North propping up the space aliens and the space. Oh, um, no, but, but it had, it didn't feel crazy. It wasn't like, here's my diabolical, insane scheme to blow up the Hoover Dam and it'll flood mm. Nevada and create better real estate or something. It was like, it had some basis in reality but then it also had the ridiculous garish insane star because it keeps the movie fun yeah and it's weird because like the movie
2: you could literally take out starro and a lot of it still works pretty well yeah you know now you probably need some like other little conspiracies like if you took a smaller conspiracy that it didn't have some space bonus i think a lot of movies still works really well and i think that's one of the cool things about the way it's structured that you know keith you talked about It's broken up up into all these different chapters, essentially, and I mean, I remember being an hour into the movie, and I had to pause for some reason. I was like, I'm an hour in, and it feels like I just finished a whole
1: season of a fucking show.
0: Yeah, it was just turning through so
2: much shit, but in a a really
1: good pace, though. Yeah, it's because of that comic book structure that I was talking about earlier. It makes you feel that way. Yeah, like 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 they literally like a like a you know A B C
2: thing real quick. Mm-hmm. And you know, it in their cliffhangers in the middle of it, like it's, it's really interesting, especially when they show you a yeah. thing and then you go backwards similar to what we saw in Birds of Prey. Um, yeah. kind of that non linear storytelling. Um, I, I think it, it really works for the tone of these films,
0: really. The one thing about Birds of Prey you sent me that tweet from the person who said that this movie owes a huge debt to Birds of Prey, and I think that's true with Harley Quinn because she completely Definitely. transforms from Suicide Squad to Birds yeah. of Prey. Mm-hmm. Um, and becomes like a character with agency and you know dimension agree like agree wasn't the original but I think this movie has its own distinct look and it's this kind of throwback to war movies um, this throwback to classic like prison break movies and things like that which I think is a little different than the palette of birds of prey where oh
2: yeah definitely and it takes a lot of interesting kind of voyeuristic angles at different times interesting when it when like when you when you're taking it to new scenes, oftentimes if you ever notice, like you're like peering through a cage or something, or like you're looking at a like out a window at a certain angle that somebody who'd be like present in, in, like in the first person would see, and then that, it's almost like I don't know. There's
1: something about the way that's done. It that really works for me. Um, yeah, the cinematography is amazing. I remember this one shot in particular I like was when um, Flag was fighting Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And you see Peacemaker's helmet on the ground. Oh yeah, that was pretty
2: dope. And you can yeah. see
1: like Peacemaker like just beating the shit out of him <laughs> through the helmet, like just little shots like that, and it almost had this almost panoramic panoramic view for a moment. Um, so yeah, they did a lot of creative things with the shots in ways that I think people don't do as much in superhero films. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I like that it just fucking went for it. Like more and more, I'm thinking about how. TV and movies are sort of smashing into each other since we can't go to movies as much as we'd like now. And yeah. you have to watch almost everything on a small screen. And it's just like, why, why a movie then? Why not just do everything as a Game of Thrones style series? And I just feel that movies more than TV shows, which have to kind of stretch things out and kind of have to do things over an arc over a season can just go balls to the wall insane. And this movie goes so insane and goes big. Every opportunity it gets, it, that never really does anything the simple way. It always has a new take. It always has like a different twist on whatever you're expecting it to do and has just so much more energy and care put into it. I felt like, like, I I just felt like I saw somebody call this a corporate product or something. And I'm just like, yeah, it's made by Warner Brothers, but there's so much heart in this movie and there's so much effort in this movie and there's so much effort to make it look so easy and make it so fun and easy to watch. Mm -hmm. And I just appreciated that. I just appreciated how how much spectacle there was.
2: It's just really audacious um both in in content and style. Um I the part that shocked me the most probably outside of how Star went out was cuz I just I just didn't even care about the logic of it cuz I was like there's a lot of ways it could happen and whatever it was cool I don't care. Uh, when Bloodsport ends up in front of Peacemaker by going down, what four or five flights of a tower, <laughs> just doo needs to hit right in front of him, and I'm like, I don't even care. It don't even matter. It don't even matter. Like, okay, the suit. Da-da-da. I'm just. I'm here for what's happening. The moment, you know. Of you know, because now now they got it. They got to do a Western shot off now. Like this, this yeah. is happening. You know. Like and no words had to be spoken, and they set up, you know, early on. And I knew it was gonna come one way or another, but they set up, you know, I shoot center. And he's like, oh, I shoot more center, and then he's and then he's like, How'd you do that? And he's like, Smaller bullet, and I was like, Yep, yep. It's not like they came out of nowhere. Like they they completely brought that up, and in the way it was sequenced really made sense. And I actually honestly was shocked at how much they kind of get you to to being a randall flag Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you know like as a as a character um who's upholding you know kind of something higher than the american ideal or or in this case you know just there's loyalty to country but then it's like also the truth matters
1: right you know and and i
2: thought i thought it was was, it was the right move to allow him to die
1: right yeah he sucked in the last film i don't yeah i agree But but, the characterizations are a lot better in this a ton um, better um and it, you know another thing i I might be thinking too hard when I was thinking this, but it's it's also something to be said about how like a lot of these villains are not not saying that they're not bad guys, they're bad guys, but I feel like eventually essentially at one point in time, most of them had good intentions. Like mm-hmm. if there was a choice between being a villain and a hero, depending on like the cards that were dealt, they would have probably chose to be a hero. The only reason why that I, I know this was I, I don't I might be thinking into this too much, but when like polka dot man had like used his polka dots, which sent, come out to be very effective <laughs> against Starro, mm-hmm. And he was like, he was like, Yeah, he hit him and he was like, I'm a fucking superhero. Starro just like smashes him and they're just looking like oh shit oh my god it made me think like damn why would a a character that's a villain why would he just scream out like I'm a a hero and I think that's like one of those things of where like doing it's something about being able to do something that has a purpose to it that I think that if they were given the chance and the opportunity that they would have taken it in some type of way or form you know yeah, maybe, maybe even if it was earlier on before, you know, that villainy started, you know. Um, You're talking about a really
2: cool version of characterization, like that takes some more introspection. I just want to get to the silly part that I forgot to mention earlier, too. The mom jokes are great.
0: Yeah, everybody has a good... Uh, the way that, that that comes together for Polk. Man is great, where his mom wanted to raise the kids to be superheroes. But the other one that's absolutely awesome... First, having Ratcatcher Two is so ridiculous because like there's all these comic books, like especially in Iron Man, where somebody will put down the costume or die or something, and then like their brother picks it up or some their business associate (laughs) picks it up, and you're just like, this is so dumb. Like, why are you doing a second and third version of this like very okay character? And Ratcatcher Two is like the perfect example of that. Like, you control rats, okay, but then the way they justify that and bring it together with her dad mentoring her and telling her. That flashback scene of if the rat has a purpose, the most humble of all creatures, then we all have a purpose. Right. To drop that at the climax as the rats basically save the world is so awesome and such good writing. And
2: the thing that's so great about that too, like the the rats, just the rats. Period. It's so predictable that Idris is gonna end up. Well, um, uh, Bloodsport is gonna end up being friends w- with the the rat's name that's escaping me right now um the fact that right, his right head is great too it, what is it Sebastian
1: Sebastian yeah I think that's what it was
2: oh, okay well all right I'll just yeah I'll, I'll rock it whatever I can't Let's remember say Sebastian. so Sebastian spends the whole movie trying to get this man to love him and finally the last shot we get <laughs> is blood sports saying like because I just love that he just commits to like the awkwardness of like the entire time Then <laughs> he explains the reason why But by the time you get to that last shot, it just feels like a lesser actor would have just kind of phoned in that moment. But he just that that progression because I look, I'm not a rad person either. So that's exactly how I would be. Um, And the fact that they close with that relationship between Sebastian and Bluth boy is just so stupid, (laughs) but but so fitting, you know? Because you you do end up kind of caring. Like, I mean, is is he gonna pet him finally? Is this gonna happen? He's like, well, I mean, you did kind of save the world. I mean, all right.
0: Like smart dumb is my favorite type of humor, and this movie is just very good at smart dumb.
2: Yeah, especially like King Shark. That man Uh-oh. said, New Dumb Friends, and then them folks got a hold of his ass, and he was like, Oh no, I've made a mistake.
1: He tried it, he tried to eat ratcatcher at one point. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until they stopped him. Ratcatcher was like. I know how to handle this. You want to be like, friends? You like what? Really? But then again, somebody that's friends with rats. I had a I had a thing. I don't know why I found that woman to be so attractive. Like I know she gotta be fine in real life. Like I and I know I ain't the <laughs> only person that felt this way. Like, you know how some people sure. are just so you have a rat not,
0: British, though, to be fair. What you got? <laughs> that we've talked about on here a lot. Uh, I don't. I don't mess around with no
1: rats. <laughs> but, but I would say this is that you know how some some women are. You literally that gorgeous to where like even if you try to put them in a situation where they don't look good, they still look good. Mm-hmm. And I and, and I was thinking about that too. Like, was there this thing between her and Bloodsport, or was it more like that? Bloodsport saw her as was it more of a father daughterly? No, type Definitely father daughter thing. thing definitely one hundred percent. Is that what it was? Yeah, what, yeah. What I mean, he it? said so. Yeah. Okay, because yeah, I, I didn't know if it was head. that or that's um, no, father daughter thing. Yeah, I thought it was more like I don't know, like baby, um, what well, sugar baby, daddy type vibes. No, 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 he even literally said, You remind me of my daughter, remember? Like, when they oh, I don't brothers, remember that
2: part, that
0: whatever. would have been a big betrayal. <laughs> This, this
2: movie is about something totally different than we think it is. Yeah, that's no, no, no. Nice. It's I'm a father, father-daughter kind of thing. I've got to say, it, it's like, it didn't need to be there, but I still was like, it, it's so dumb, but like, I'll take it. I, I did want to see it where his daughter's
1: like, that's my dad. I was like, yeah, I'll take it. That's yeah, my that's cool. Yeah, we had to see it.
0: <laughs> and they go back
1: it go back to that whole purpose thing, like the purpose of the rats, the purpose of these pretty much villains that's put in a situation to where they have the opportunity to be heroes. Because just working with Amanda Waller, you're not really doing anything heroic in a sense. Not at all. Like if, if I mean, she was telling us, she
2: said, oh, star out, just leave. Just yeah, leave. Don't even
1: fine. worry about it. You know what? Like,
2: Lead them to their own devices. They'll be fine. She like, fuck that country. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> He said, well, well, The kids, what they might worry like, about these kids. Right, this... They're like, fuck them kids. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they can go. So, thank goodness some people had a heart still. I mean, I dang. The,
0: the giant star creature will just stay there and not move on.
2: No, it's not coming this way. Not at all. So like,
0: COVID
1: attitude. So he, said, he said, This city is mine. So, <laughs> was so oh, yeah. to be dead, that happen. man
2: was just upset and i you know i mean it's it's just really weird that the this movie for some reason in particular really made me think about something i hadn't in a while and in, in, in a different way because we kind of joked about this um before with uh the last mercenary when we talked about it on, on the previous episode i've been like more and more Just aware of like, or or think about the way that these movies do things where people will be shooting at something. And, like, for example, even like the first scene of of the Suicide Squad, or at least like the teammates trying to distract the soldiers and allow Team B to do their thing. So, there's still a lot of moments, even before they get shot up, where like they should get shot, they don't get shot. And, you know, the movies allow you to have fun with the moment, and that's what you're there for. But there's something about, like, now, like, I'm just, I almost feel like there's a breaking of the fourth wall every time a situation happens where somebody should be getting shot, but they're not, you know?
0: The plot armor?
2: Yeah, like, there's something about plot armor now that feels like breaking the fourth wall to me. And there's something about the way James Gunn did it here that, like, really, it almost feels like there's always a wink to everything going on. Yeah,
0: well, because Pete Davidson should have had plot armor just by virtue of being Pete Davidson.
1: Yeah, probably, yeah, you would think. Mm. Wasn't that Nathan Fillion on there too on the beach? Yes, that's another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely shouldn't have died in the first minutes of the movie. His powers were so motherfucking whack. Like, I do not remember this guy. They, and then when he was slapping people with his hands, what well, he makes his arms and stuff detached, and then he's like, the
2: detached kid, because they were like, What does CDK mean? He's like, It's my name. It doesn't mean
1: anything. And, and then they, they were like, The detached kid. You uh, know what's a nice? What Harley Quinn looked at flag and was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and, and even like, oh yeah, he shows Even like Captain Boomerang, I'm like, yeah. I-. Now he was somebody I thought would last a little bit longer. I'm I just laughing. Like,
2: the re- it's funny because Mongal is like, "I got it, I got it," and just kills Boomerang too, and he's like, eh. he's kind of short. Like, man eh, nothing I can do about this one." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fine like
1: he knew he was gonna go i um it made me think about like i've only really recently read a suicide squad series and captain boomerang dies in it but the way he dies was like way more awesome because he dies um by zod like he oh, okay. obliterated with the with the eye beams
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm like oh that shit's so awesome just I mean he went idea. out with a flaming helicopter. That's not bad. How bizarre though. I mean, then, Zod, I guess mean, that's cooler. I'm just saying, like, he, wasn't obliterated, no he after he obliterated him, the, the issue just ends with him saying Neil. And I was like, Oh Ooh, shit. <laughs> so it's like, and then it's like next issue: Suicide Squad versus General Zod. I was like, Oh shit, this is about to be crumb. <laughs> I'm sure we're not gonna get that in you know live action. Uh, who knows, right? I mean, oh. look. God's dead, right?
2: Okay. I mean, well, let's, we're also getting a Batman that's not, you know, Ben Affleck. I look. I don't know what's going to happen. It sure. might even just go full, um, inf- in infinite crisis on us, you know.
0: At it's, some point, not care at all. I mean, that Flash movie, I think, will bring things together. Well, probably. I mean, in the same
2: way that I think that movie can act as a, um, the same way that we have like Doctor Strange two multiverse whatever it's yeah. called that yeah. could be exactly how the flash movie functions because flash and the justice league zack snyder cut did basically create a pocket dimension i mean we talked about this already yeah but, but I, think,
0: I think they've calculated that nobody cares because i mean the marvel people yeah. don't really care but i think the dc people are like look where like warner brothers is like just make movies people like yeah yeah I, I, yeah I, I
1: think i think that's, that's probably true they just want solid you know, just solid films. And they that's, should, that's honestly, like
2: they that. should treat it the way they do their uh their cartoon series. Their, well, not some of the their animated cartoon series. animated movies. Those animated movies, not going to lie, are like top notch consistently. They're really, really good. They even just did one with the uh, Acropolis War. That movie is so good.
1: That that shit is so good. But it's 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 too much like well, it's, it's like too much wondering. for live action because people haven't been introduced to all those people well, yet. well no no what i mean by it's too much it's emotionally too much like it's so much it's i, I wouldn't even want to say on here like what happens in it but it's 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 top notch it's great it is really good yeah it's really it's good. just putting me on an emotional roller coaster me too, me too. it's <laughs> like, not good
2: though it's so good yeah um I mean, and, and think, like consistently, like DC puts out amazing animated movies. I mean, they literally could just go to that catalog and just remake all those live action yeah. and they would make they, they, will, they would give Marvel a run for their money. For real. Like the animated Flashpoint by itself. is, re- and, and just fascinating. Just yeah. really good. Great character writing. And here's the other thing that's really worth mentioning. You know, I've seen this come up, not in American media so much, but like a lot of times, like The Guardian and other people talk about uh, American pop culture, but then not American media. I do think that a conversation should start at some point about the um, original creators of like these, you know, uh, plots that we're seeing in the comic books. Like those artists, those editors, the anchors, you know, um, the writers, all those people should receive some additional compensation like they talked about how with um uh some of the creators of say for example the falcon and the winter soldier the guys who wrote that storyline and and, and crafted it in in the the artwork and all that they were given like five thousand dollar checks by marvel and that was it that's just not enough they're making way too much money on this stuff to not you know provide additional equity to these creators who provide these amazing stories that then can get turned into films and other sorts of of media uh and mediums that are not comic books which are not the money maker a lot of these other things are but i mean i just think that's something that should be brought up more and more because we're going to see more great content that's going to come from amazing new stories that are being written and people should be compensated. They really should because they're providing the, the groundwork for everything else that comes.
0: Yeah, I don't know the details, but uh, you know, I've seen countless movies that I feel owe a debt to a comic book. I mean, the Batman movies all owe a debt to Frank Miller. Um, the, obviously, they always give a shout out to Bob Kane. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The X-Men movies, uh, Chris Claremont wrote that whole legend um and definitely deserves whatever credit they give him so yeah i mean go check well, out give
2: money. them credit but give them checks too
0: yeah for sure oh yeah, yeah. they
2: get credit yeah that's what they ain't getting pay, pay people they respect in the check you know I, i've become a big fan of that in my professional life as well <laughs>
0: like, you wrote those great stories in 1977 that we're all enjoying today yeah
2: yeah man give people they do because i mean I, I mean a lot of people like who with the suicide squad you're talking about a lot of folks who you know are on the comic uh, the, the current era of comic book creators um and they're vocal too on social media about you know the excitement about you know this work but also hoping to see some additional compensation for you know the, the stories that they've written that act as the building block for this stuff
1: yeah, but they don't own the rights to the characters, though. Right? They
2: don't. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, the whole structure, you know, contracting with, with you know, not, um, you know, because the thing is, like, of course, the IP is owned by whichever publisher and then the uh, creators act essentially as contractors. But as it pertains to taking those storylines that they use and then building them into some additional multimedia they should definitely be compensated for that piece of it more than like, you know, a couple thousand dollar checks. And I stuff mean, like t- that's kind I, of I
1: definitely feel like they should. But it's just one of those law things. People going to try to get and milk as much of out of something as they can without paying people. Yeah. But until so, people are vocal
2: about it, then nothing changes. That's just how it goes. So, I mean, look, I'm not saying I'm doing my part here. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. those conversations are definitely going to start happening because people are, are questioning it out loud a little more and there's tens of billions of dollars being made so and even you know there's a different version of this and in suicide the suicide squad will see this too it's not going to do incredible at the box office not because it's not a good movie not because people don't like it but you know we've seen how for example scholar johansson talked about okay my bonuses and stuff were based on box office numbers covid happens streaming becomes the way that these things come out and it it you know, it breaks the model, right? And so that's not just going to happen with comic book creators talking about these questions, but we're going to see more of the talent on in front of the screen ask similar questions about how these business models are set
1: up. Right, makes sense.
2: So it'll it'll be interesting. Um, that's a little you know outside this movie, but I do think it's going to. This movie, I think, really would have done well even with an R rating. Uh, in the box office in a more normal situation if there wasn't the pandemic with you know i think this could easily make you know in the 200 300 million dollar range oh, yeah. domestic easy. I think
0: this would have been the summer movie if not for the delta variant
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah yeah that whole situation so i mean this is a really i don't is it the best comic book movie of the year i'm trying to think what else came out this year year probably so
1: I mean, I like this way more than Black Widow. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's better than Black Widow. Yeah. Black, yeah, it's it's the best one. about Black Widow. Black Widow had a potential to be a whole lot better than what it is. And I think part of it is like, I I don't know why, I feel like this movie, Black Widow, not to get too off subject, but it definitely would have been a better movie if it focused more on her background. Like, I didn't, if it was just more of a prequel, I think it would have been better and more interesting.
0: Yeah, it, it felt like, uh, I forget what critics said this, but it felt like kind of a gateway between the Marvel past and the Marvel future. And like, they were just trying to set up, spoilers, they are trying to set up Florence Pugh's um, taking over. Yeah. And also kind of trying to tie up loose ends with the past. And it just didn't feel like there was enough movie there for me. I did like her, though. That's like, yeah. oh, she's
1: great,
0: yeah. But she's but great in it. Yeah, I get. I feel like ScarJo has many reasons to be unhappy with that movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because it's like it's it's like barely her movie. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I. I mean, it's not as bad as He Man or, or excuse me, Masters of the Universe when it comes to that. Not like not totally getting what you're expecting, but um, yeah. I mean, definitely. Uh, that has has had issues in, in, in spades and in, in, in a couple of different ways um i don't know but so i mean there's so much that's coming up i think the next for the for the dceu i'm thinking like i don't well for comic book movies in general is a lot coming up i don't know about for dceu i mean they have batman coming up with robert Pattinson playing the the, the uh the role of of bruce yeah, uh, I don't know what comes for them. Oh, Bl- Black Adam. That's that's the other one.
0: They're gonna have Batgirl. They're gonna have. Five. There's a
2: but there's a Batgirl movie coming. Oh yeah, man. Cassandra it's, Kane.
0: No, that's Batwoman. Yeah, it's
2: Batwoman. Am yeah, I? yeah. Oh yeah, that is Batwoman. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, because she's a redhead with the long hair.
1: Barbara Barbara Gordon is Batgirl. I'm thinking of
2: ah um, uh, shoot. Yeah, Barbara. Go- but isn't there another one though?
0: Oh. Um. There's the Flash movie coming.
2: Mm, no, I meant Bad girl. Okay, a Flash is coming. I think those are the ones, right? That's no, what sure. they got in the docket right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's stuff they can do. I'm still curious to see what they'll do with, like, the... And, well. And, oh, and Aquaman 2. Aquaman 2. Forgot that.
0: I feel like that came out already, because I didn't see Aquaman 1, and so they've already put together for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. see it someday
2: yeah i I think that's gonna be a good one because the first was pretty good like keith used to talk about the excellence of that movie and i was like yeah 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 whatever and then i watched it and i was like oh yeah that's not straight which movie you talking about first Aquaman.
1: i mean yeah it's cool yeah yeah i like it like it's I, i mean it's not the greatest thing ever but i feel like if i saw that shit as a kid i'd be like this is fucking awesome Right. It's, I mean there are parts of that movie that are really good yeah like it's it's parts of it that's good it's a lot of it that's stupid but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. considering it being Aquaman <laughs> and considering that like I was thinking about myself, how do you make an Aquaman movie the same mm-hmm. way as that I always felt that about Thor like how do you make a Thor movie and and make it work you know
2: Well, in in that next movie, if it's doing the stuff that they're saying it could be doing, I'm so excited, man. Because, like, the the comic book um, stuff, the rumors that have come out about The God Butcher, dude, that series came out, I want to say, like, 20... It's a Jason Aaron run. I think, like, in 2014, like, 2013 or 2015, something like that. Uh I bought that religiously. Like, I would walk to the comic book store... Like, in New York, it was like, I, I worked off 8th and 34th, then I walked all the way like, 5th, 5th Avenue, all the way over to the comic book store, and I was like, is that Jason Aaron here? Because I'm here to buy it. That
1: thing was so amazing. Really? It's called, what's the name of the series? Uh, the God Butcher. Okay, because I don't read enough Thor, so Thor. I might just check that out.
2: Man, that oh, it's fantastic, and the art is so good, like. If they can do that justice, that will be one of the best MCU movies that's ever happened. Like, because the plot's ridiculous, like, and it really does, like, the whole thing with with Thor not wanting to accept his godhood or his status. Really, at this point, he is a basically you know Odin's son, and what that means, and his his refusal to kind of accept that that title, if they do that right based on how that worked man oh so ridiculously awesome i love i think that's one of my favorite comic book series of like the last decade well that particular run i should say
0: so we've been talking about this for a little over an hour we should probably shut it down
2: yeah Uh, yeah i was gonna mention that so um Hey, we appreciate y'all. If y'all made it this far, y'all are, are nerds if you got this far. Um, so we appreciate it. And and since y'all are nerds, y'all know nerds. Let nerds know that we handle stuff like this on the low-key podcast this way in depth. Um, Also, like, share, subscribe. Please review uh, five stars if you're feeling like you're in a good mood and, and be entertained. <laughs> if, you're feeling,
1: if you're feeling nasty. okay let people know they can
2: find us on the social
1: uh you can find us on instagram at the low-key pod
2: yes sir and tim anything um to plug outside of the fantastic james gunn interview on the movie maker feed
0: no that's perfect thank you
2: yeah movie maker podcast just had james gunn uh last week fantastic interview he was really candid and about all sorts of stuff even the stuff you definitely want to know about with guardians
0: (laughs) that's our show
2: yep yep i'll holler y'all on the next one we out here
1: peace peace see you